we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny. Executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A People's History tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change, while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work. In traffic so slow, connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake that ass up. In the morning. The Breakfast Club. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy had to step out, but we got a, a very requested guest. And he's been ducking us for years now. Never that. I Never that. <laughs> Ever that. I've never ducked out. You. I thought you guys just didn't give a book about it, brother. You know what I'm saying? Godfrey is here. What's up? What's Good up? Morning, Good brother. morning. Good How morning. How are you, man? I'm, I'm excellent, man. I mean, I'm sleepy as shit, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you guys are early. Yeah, morning show. Yeah, that's, is, that's why it's called the Breakfast Club. I thought you shot in the middle of the afternoon. Well, there's definitely no breakfast. <laughs> no breakfast. I'm starving. Shit. You know, I got hunger breath. We've already had like great conversations before the mic yeah. even opened. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, we did a little he bit. He said we did. It wasn't great no. to me. <laughs> I just thought that you had to have a special something had to be going on for you. Godfrey, to be... have you ever tried to be on this show? Have you ever had anybody reach out and say? Yes, mad people have come to me and say, "Yo, Godfrey wants to do Breakfast Club, but when you gonna have Godfrey on Breakfast Club?" Oh, um, but has anybody tried to book it? I'm saying, did Flame, anyone... Flame, Flame Monroe. That's my homie who I've came up with in Chicago. 
Um, he, he was like, he's like, I've, I've, you need to get on Breakfast Club. You need to, I'm going to tell him, you got to get on Breakfast Club. I said, but I don't, what do I have? I mm-hmm. thought you had to have some shit, like a movie coming out yeah, yeah. or a TV show coming out. You but have I'm a like, lot. What do you say? You have a lot coming I have on. a lot, but then I saw some people that ain't got shit, and I said, <laughs> I can do that shit. Yeah. I was like, oh, ain't shit. I'm about to get on this, but they don't do a damn thing. <laughs> so no, I'm about I to get it, on. <laughs> I ran into you at the Nick Cannon show. And Shout I was, out to Nick Cannon, first off. And uh, sorry about it, his show got, Canceled. Mm-hmm. He didn't the, get a fair the, shake, man. Six months he, isn't a long enough. First of all, you can keep. That's what I love about this show. You guys keep it one hundred here. Absolutely. They'll let white dudes stay on for thirty years. That's right. <laughs> as average as fuck, and then we get cut off quick. Man. Six months. That's we can't not, even be in animation. Fair. They cut us off <laughs> quick. Fuck. Like, come on. Like, um, Black Dynamite. Done. I did voiceover. Right. Black Dynamite. Done. Boondocks, done. You're right. Fucking Cleveland show, done. You're right. And it was white people doing black people voices, done. Uh, you didn't know that? You didn't know that? Oh yeah, Cleveland, they were all white people doing our, doing black people voices. Yeah, I remember when that was a... Yeah, yeah and it done. What else? Oh, Proud Family just came back. Might be done. I was watching that this weekend. That, yeah, my yeah. boy, shout out to my boy Calvin Brown, senior, who's the head writer of that. Boom. So it's like, but The Simpsons been on since 1900. What? Yeah. They got thousand, right. thousand, and what else? Like the is, longest running show. American Dad, all of that. But family I'm, Guy, all that stuff. And this that is stuff. not to South be, Park. Yeah, South, South Park, they're not, they're bored to death. They don't give a fuck, and they've been on forever. <laughs> but, like, Nick Cannon like, needed time to, like, like gel. You know what I'm saying? It's like with the nighttime talk shows and shit. Like, they've all been on forever, and then our we had to wait 20 years for the same black dude to come yeah. back, and then they canceled it. <laughs> you, got, you got to give people a chance Arsenio. to get the kinks out. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, the they, they, give, they give those white guys and white women chances to fail. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't get better sometimes. <laughs> and, they stay, <laughs> and they stay horrible. Not all of them, but they stay horrible. And they're like, fuck, but I, Nick... Nick's show I thought was cool. Yeah, I, that was really good. Nice, positive, positive. Fun. Yeah. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. That's daytime. You know, daytime's like kind of, you know, yeah. yeah. And it's, the demographic is, uh, well, it's, it's. I mean, I think it's white soccer moms. I think he was trying to cater to. but And he asked me, hey, man, why don't you write on my show? I said, okay, with Rip Michaels. Shout out Rip Michaels. Salute to Rip. Rip. And uh, I was like, um, yeah, okay, I'll do it. I've never really done, like, daytime shit. I've watched daytime, but I'm like, ah, that shit's corny. But I said, it'll be a good challenge. And so writing for Nick was cool, you know what I'm saying? Just to see the way Nick works, because I've been doing the, um, what's it called, it? Um, the wildin' out shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and Nick asked me to do wildin' out. I said, what's my old ass doing on wildin' out? He said, nah, man, you got, we're gonna do old school, there's new school. And just to watch Nick work and hire so many different African-Americans, mm-hmm. and he just hires all kinds of people. Right. But just the way he works as a businessman, and then, boom, that's how I ran it to you. <laughs> Shout out, I'm telling you, Nick has hooked it up. It's always Nick Cannon hooking mm-hmm. shit up. So that's how I got here. She goes, we've been wanting you to do the Breakfast Club. I didn't believe you. I thought you were lying because I just happened to be working for Nick. <laughs> you was on some bullshit. I wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> you said I just said, how you doing? Yeah. Good to see you. <laughs> but I was like, Angela, he is really nice. Like, you're like nicer than I expected. But not saying you were me, but you were super What was your nice. perception, Godfrey? <laughs> Nothing. Really, I mean, I just thought she was just, I don't know, because, you know, I thought maybe she'd be, like, like a little shitty. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah Not yeah, really, yeah. but you're super nice, like, <laughs> overly you. nice. Like, You've been scoring before, Godfrey, in this no, business. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> now, Charlemagne, we'd be like, oh, Charlemagne, God damn. 
show. You were actually on FaceTime with Shaq when I saw you. I was too. on FaceTime with Shaq. Yeah, they were talking about the T.I. situation, oh, you and T.I. Because <laughs> I guess T.I. Um, <laughs> T.I. did the uh, Shaq all-star uh, comedy thing. He did? Yeah. Yeah, remember we talked about that. We said T.I. Yeah. was going to be on that show. Yeah. We had a whole conversation. I didn't conversation. know he was doing the Shaq comedy. Yeah, all during all Yeah. See, why are you making that face? I feel like that's that's a little early for that. What do you Don't mean you by early? Don't you get Godfrey back in this? No, no, no. I just asked <laughs> him. Like, what do you think? What do you I, mean? I mean, I thought like the Shaq comedy author thing was for people who had like you know put in some time in the comedy game. Like that's not a platform you just jump out on. And, I mean, what? <laughs> I'm just. Saying. I mean, I get Shaq. I mean, I get you know Ti as a celebrity and all, but yeah. I'm just talking about performance wise. That's usually the thing that takes now, you to that you next recall, level of a comedian. I, I didn't say it. Go ahead. Go now, ahead. if you recall, we had a whole conversation up here yeah. about Godfrey and T.I. and how yeah. T.I. went mm -hmm. on after Godfrey. Remember, we had that whole conversation. You, did you hear about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was in Atlanta. You spoke about it. I was in Atlanta. I know I'm going to talk about it because it, it's still lingering a little bit, but me and T.I. are cool as shit, first mm -hmm. of all. Um, when I was in Atlanta, um, I was doing an Atlanta comedy theater, and I'm on stage. I did like hour 40, right? That's you know, that's what I do. That's what headliners do. And then my boy Artie Fuqua, giving a shout out to Artie hey, Fuqua. Artie. Artie, he's like, I get off stage. You know, after you're done, you laid your brother, you're like, get off stage. He's like, hey, man, I just got to tell you something. I know this sounds strange, but I got to keep the show going. I was like, what for? He's like, T.I.'s going up. And I literally was like, to do what? I was like, I don't, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And he goes, He's gonna do comedy. I said, "Oh, okay." And it's I said, "It's his town. Fuck it, let him go up." And all I said was, "You know, I, I saw Ti because I'm a Ti fan." So I was like, "Yo, Ti, what's up?" Boom, boom. I went straight to the green room because I'm like, "I'm I'm done. I'm a headliner. I'm done. I'm going to decompress. That's what I do. I don't give a fuck who's in the room. Mm -hmm. That is what I've always done." So they were like uh, on my podcast, they're like, "Yo, did you go see him?" I said, "No, <laughs> I, I don't. What? I'm I'm a headliner, and." I mean, I've never, I didn't know him to do comedy, so I'm not going to watch. Not saying he shouldn't be doing comedy. I'm just a headliner. I just finished. It was for that moment. But then I know somebody took that excerpt of me saying that, showed it to T.I. And then T.I. was in the woods. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know when T.I. goes in the Instagram woods. Live. <laughs> <has> that angle. <laughs> I just want to say something that's on my heart. And I need to expeditiously take care of this situation. And I was like, oh, shit. And then... <laughs> You know when T.I.'s in the woods and he has that angle? Like, oh, shit. It's like when Snoop Dogg is mad, all you see is his nostril. Yeah. <laughs> he, has, he has his auntie scarf on. I go, oh, Snoop about to fuck somebody up. But yeah, he was like, some people were like, yo, did you hear what T.I.? And it just, it spread like wildfire. And I had dudes from the South, like comics from the South calling me like, yo, you see that shit T.I. said about it? I said, what happened? And so I didn't even think about it because right. as a comedian, that's just how we talk. Mm -hmm. We're like, yo, he's he's a comic. He he don't put his time in. This is just this is just the way we talk as comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they took it as an I was hating on him doing comedy. I said, nah, dude, I didn't go watch him because I'm not gonna watch somebody that I don't know that's known for comedy after I've headlined. That's it was just for that moment. Yeah. Now if it would have happened. That T.I. came before I went up and said, hey, man, I want to do some time. I'll go, yeah, I don't give a fuck. And then I would have watched just to say, T.I.'s doing comedy? That's all. You know, so after that, then I addressed them right away. I said, because people, it, it went, I'm telling you, everybody's like, yo, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And, of course, people can't wait to go in your, your DM. Like, hey, man, you little punk-ass motherfucker. Man, T.I. can do whatever the fuck you want. I was like, yo. <laughs> so Nick Cannon 
I, I told him about it. He goes, yeah, I heard about that shit. And then he FaceTimed us. Mm -hmm. I said, let's talk. Let's go face to face. Man, I'm Chicago all day. I just want to let you know I'm Chicago. And even though I've been in New York for 20 years, I'm a Chicago guy. So we, I go face to face with people. I go, hey, man, let's talk about this squash. This is not a big deal. And we talked it out. We had a really nice mm -hmm. conversation, you know. And he said, you know, I look at you as a goat, man. You wanted to, you know, the greats in comedy. I said, well, I appreciate that. Was that He's, the podcast? I heard the podcast. Well, this is before. This okay. is the afternoon before, the, <clears throat> a few hours before the podcast. Okay. And I said, no, I appreciate that. But I, then I said, you know what? I even apologized. I said, I'm sorry that you took it the wrong way. There's nothing wrong with apologizing to another dude. Right. You know, especially black people. We need Absolutely. to learn to just go, hey, man. I'm sorry. sorry. What's wrong with that? It doesn't Absolutely. mean I'm a punk. I don't do any of that shit. I say, hey, man, I'm sorry about that. But I, I'm not sorry about the way I felt about how we are as comedians as protocol it's just that's like and I, then I told him I said that's like me after you finish rhyming I go yo my man T I know you just rocked this concert but I got a couple songs to drop real quick you'd be no, like exactly you, you but, that's how, but, that's, but you gotta explain it to him in that way because that's the world he understands that, that's uh, and yeah. I and I and so when I looked at it from his angle I could see and there are other comedians coming at him crazy so it was a buildup. So when I said something, right. then it just added to the whole thing. But we squash it. Then I said, can you do my podcast? He said, I love to do your podcast. <laughs> and he broke. I said, when we had the podcast, then it got it got a little heated because he said, man, I thought you was cool when I first met you in the green room. And then the next minute you dog, I said, it wasn't a two-faced thing. I was just talking as a comedian, yeah. doing comedy 25 years. And then you're doing, he said, but I've always been a fan of comedy. I know, but I have never seen you perform it. So it's just one of those things. But we, we're cool as hell. But it's now. also true that people can hype things up. So if y'all, imagine you guys didn't directly have a conversation. Oh, shit. It, it could be been, something yeah. that really like And snowballs. I said, I like Atlanta. I want to be able to come back. I want to be able to come back. I love Tip. That's one of my favorite people. And yeah. he's one of my favorite rappers. But yes. you can't approach everything like the rap world either, though. Yeah, this you know what I, I mean because I heard him I, on the podcast. Can't, you can't. He was talking like y'all had bell. Yeah, like, Don't poke the bell. Don't poke the bell. And I was like, I'm not trying to poke the bell, sir. Don't poke the bell. Don't poke the bell. He just kept saying, No, I'm a superstar. I'm a superstar. Don't poke the bell. And then his other boys like, Yeah, man, fuck all that. Go out, Ti. They were pumping him up, you know. Because you know we got side bets on who's gonna be the first comedian Ti end up slapping. Yeah, <laughs> we like, do. We have side bets. Like, <laughs> and Ti is really passionate about uh, comedy, man. He really is. He goes up as much as he can. And, you know, he, yeah, he is a superstar. We know that. I mean, I listen to T.I.'s. I'm a T.I. fan for a long time. I said, dude, I'm, I'm a fan of yours. You know, but as far as comedy and the protection of your art form, right. just what it is. That's yeah. just how comedians talk. And I said, and then we had a, another conversation. He goes, you know, I'm thinking about, I want to get into, you know, different types of comedy, like physical comedy. I said, well, I said this, so I said, well, you're kind of mean, dude. Are you really ready to be vulnerable? <laughs> I don't see T.I. falling on the yeah, floor. I, I can't I see. Don't see that. And T.I. said, T.I., what if someone's <laughs> fucking with you? Like, man, where you get them shoes from? They get, fuck you. That's how we talk to each other. Yeah. I said, I would hope that you can take that because that's the comedy world. So if someone dogs you and say, yo, uh, yo, man, this shirt is fucking tight. You're going to be like, I feel that I don't appreciate you talking to me like that. Yeah, I, we have to expeditiously take care of this situation. <laughs> I don't. I, I want him to be, but I'm. He really is. He's studying it, and I, and I said, man, we're here to help you, dog. Anytime you have a question or whatever, we're here to help, here to help you, man. Because it's still a process, though. I feel like you know the Shaq comedy all star thing is a rite of passage for a lot of yeah, yeah. comics. I feel like yeah. you should have a certain. Yeah. Number of hours in before you jump on that stage. I'm surprised because Shaq is a real comedy head. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. surprised, But, you know, Shaq's a businessman, too. 
You know what I mean? I'm surprised Shaq was like, no, nah, I don't want him on this one. I don't think he's ready. <laughs> Did he tape it already? I think he taped it already. Yeah, I he thought it, it wasn't it All-Star Weekend? Was I, th- it? I think it was All-Star Weekend. I heard he did, he did all right. You okay, know what I mean? Okay. I think he heard he did all right. But that was all, that was, I appreciate the hype, though. Numbers went up. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that shit. I'm a whore for numbers. Just to let you know, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it was, we, we're good to go. That's my man. It's my bro right there. So, yeah. What yeah. are the comedy rules, though? Because I, I, when we talked about it here on the show, I mm-hmm. said, I don't think Godfrey would have a problem with a seasoned comic like a Chris Rock or Chappelle no. oh, somebody going no. on after him we've had that before yeah, where yeah, you know yeah. you, George Wallace you have hey this person's in the room Seinfeld's in the room you go oh yeah, yeah. that's they're like masters at what that's they right. do so, uh, Rock all those guys they're masters they've been doing it longer than me mm-hmm. would they go on after you or before you doesn't even matter yeah. you know if you're a comedian you're in you know in your art form you go of course you show respect but if it was an amateur comic I'd be like nah you know, if it was like a that's comic right. that's been doing five, but even an amateur comic ain't gonna do that. They're just not gonna go up. You know, what I mean, on a headlining show. But yeah, if it's like a, a a particular person, you know, that is of tenure, then you'll go. Yeah, man, let them. Yeah, they can go up. Yeah, it's a. You know, it's 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 common sense. Now, Godfrey, you, know? you talk about everything on your podcast yes. and in your stand up. Yes. Is there anything you are like? I'm gonna stay away from that topic. <sighs> Damn, I'm always I go hard in the paint, so I'm always about race. You know, I love I'm a big Paul Mooney fan, George Carlin, Pryor. I nah, other than like, yeah, I, I don't talk about the Jewish community in a bad way. Okay. <laughs> I leave that shit alone. <laughs> Israel Palestine. Because people are like, what about Israel Palestine? I'm like, I think they're wonderful people. <laughs> I don't at that certain things I just don't. Right. But I talk about a lot of shit. Like it nothing is whatever I feel is funny for myself. You know what I mean? Because I always took myself as a unique comedian, and I, you know, that's why people say, "Well, why?" You know, because everybody's gonna match your your fame. Mm-hmm. Like, how come you ain't? I go, well, some of the shit I talk about, mm-hmm. not everybody's gonna be happy with. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I, I mean, I, I've always taken a, a unique approach to race, whatever you know. And uh, yeah, intellect is my thing too. You know what I mean. But I came from the um, the black circuit in Chicago. That's where I came up with Dion Cole and D. Ray Davis, and I brought Corey Holcomb to Amateur Night. You know, I like those say, are monsters. Yeah, I brought Corey. <laughs> I've, I've known Corey since I was sixteen. He was playing basketball. I was a baseball player, whatever. He played basketball with my brother, whatever. And yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I come from that circuit. You know, Bernie Max Club. Bernie, the Cotton Club, Bernie Mac took me under his wing. Shout out to George Wilborn, George Wilborn, and another brother, Evan Lionel, who are, these are like big brothers who like really, they really created the whole Chicago comedy scene in which I came from. And I was always that dude that was, oh, this is the smart college dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stayed, yeah, yeah. I never, I never let, and then when I got to New York, I was doing all the all the ghetto ass, eight, you know, Def Jam room, never made Def Jam, never did it. Had me audition thousands of times. Wow, I, can't I never that. got picked for Def Jam. I always, never got I feel, I always wonder, like, what, what would have, because it's like some outlier shit, right? What would have happened if everybody in Chicago would have stayed in Chicago? Chicago right. would have been the biggest comedy scene, period, in the, in the probably, world, probably. It probably would, but I don't know if it would beat New York, though. Yeah. Really? With all York, of those legends? Yeah. New York but, has a lot of legends. But too. yeah, New York, but New York has a lot of spaces to, mm-hmm. to, to, to practice. But wouldn't it have that, though? We. If, if, if everybody would have stayed there with all that money, I don't. That they I don't know. Mm. I don't know because us moving away is the reason why Dion is who he is. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, the, re- yeah. the reason why Bernie is who he is. He eventually yeah. kind of had to leave, but 
when I when I was in Chicago, we were doing I was doing shows about I was doing like seven, seven I was performing like seven times a week. Seven. When I got to New York, I went from seven to thirty. Mm-hmm. Thirty shows a week. Wow. I was doing thirty to forty shows a week. I can't think of a city that has a better right crop of comedians though. Mm. In sh- uh, Chicago, yeah, yeah, we got Dion, Dion Cole, Bernie Mac, Dion, yep. Bernie Mac. Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris. Hannibal yeah. Burris. Um, shit. Uh, who else we got? Um, you said D-Ray. Little Rel. D-Ray Davis, Little Rel. Yeah, we got, and there's some up-and-coming other dudes coming, too. Yeah, we got a lot of really, yeah. We got, well, Just Niche. Is it Just Niche? Is it Just Niche girl that she's a new person coming up? We got, a, yeah, it's a lot. And we're all different. Everybody's yeah. so different, you know, or different styles. I'm not going to lie, though. When I came to New York, though, <laughs> This is not knocking on New York comics. Love them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were doing the same kind of shit. Yeah. It was like the same kind of style. I was like, damn, they're all talking about the same shit. Then the New York, the Chicago guys came. We were all different. They're like, you guys are all different. It's like, look at Dion Cole, his style, my style. Uh, Corey's style was different. Everybody was just like, wow, you guys are so... Look at Hannibal Burris, who's uh, more an alternative comedian. Mm-hmm. Like, he, white hipsters love yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. You I've, seen, I've seen Hannibal... Not get the best response in a black room. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> he's funny though. No, and he still will be yeah. funny about right. it. But here's the thing about yeah, that was no, that was funny. He said he told the crowd he goes, "This isn't working, is it?" <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "All right, good night." <laughs> but Hannibal, but see, this is what I, this is what, um, the problem with sometimes with black comedy is that we're put in like a box. You know, it expects you to talk about yo, you were so poor. Yo, ladies, if your man, it's like that was like that. It was called, I call it black hack. Mm-hmm. It's like the same old subjects, but Hannibal was so different. I so, but a lot of us are different. Black people are not a monolith. And I love to see guys like Hannibal. There's a lot of alternative, like the Lucas brothers. The Lucas brothers are twins. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the Lucas brothers, it's nice to see that we're different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's how I like my shows. Because sometimes. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to on purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math and Magic Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll go on a show, and everybody's talking about the same shit. Right. Like, it's the same joke, the same whatever. And my shows, I usually like to put, like, different kinds of guys. There's a guy named Akeem Woods who just got out, came out the closet, like, four years ago. And he's fantastic, man. He's so different. And he talks about racism as a black gay man, which mm-hmm. a lot of black gay people don't talk about, which is really real. He's different. Like, I have already on my show who's different. So I like to show differences in in black comedy because I don't want people to say, oh, we just went to a black comedy show. It's just yeah. a comedy show. Yeah. You know, and that's how people feel. I'm just about diversity in, in, in with black comedians. That's that's important to me. Yeah, so. I saw you having this discussion about how you know you made it when somebody steals one of your jokes. Fuck no. <laughs> you know, Who you, was it that said it? It you was... Know, you know, you know, you made it when someone takes one of your jokes. Yeah, that, I saw that discussion uh, on your Instagram page. Who were you talking to, Alonzo? Oh, that was David. Um, Dave was it? Arnold. Oh, it's Dave Arnold. Okay. Dave and Arnold, because a dude named Joe something like took, I guess, took one of his jokes. He said, "That's when you know you made it when someone takes your shit." I go, I, I think it's just. That means someone else made it when they take your shit. Because a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times, there's people who get on TV before you that'll steal your shit. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. are known people mm-hmm. that will take your shit, and then you'll see the comedian that's not famous going, "Yo, that's my bit." 
And you won't believe that person because that person that's taking his fame is like, that ain't your you shit. And a lot first. of times it's usually that person's shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's that. But there's know. nothing you can really do about that, right? When that happens. <sighs> Some comedians fight, you know? <laughs> Some comedians wait for you and like go, actual I'm, physical yeah, fight. Yeah, they be like, nah, I'm gonna fuck, do that shit again. Yeah, some, and sometimes you just go, I'll write another joke. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? For me, I, I'm kind of cool because a lot of people do not take my shit. Because I do shit that a lot of people don't, the territory nobody wants to step into. Mm -hmm. The race territory, mm -hmm. I go into that. I'll dog out, I'll talk about interracial dating, I'll go in there, I'll go in heavy on that. You know, <laughs> you know, because nobody, for some reason, interracial dating, people don't really like talk about that. I go in, I talk about the traumatization of... of <laughs> What's so traumatizing Like, about? no, you know how I say love transcends color bullshit. Love transcends color. No, not, especially break. not nowadays. Yeah, I know people breaking up with their white significant others in this yeah, Black yeah, Lives Matter moment. Yeah, but my moment. thing is this. We've been boning each other for hundreds of years, and racism hasn't changed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No one has... We have not boned the shit out of racism yet. You can bone the shit out of somebody, and someone still be racist right after you done blew their back out. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I talk about that aspect. Like, nobody even... Nobody talks about... What about the part where race, where love doesn't transcend color? Slave masters used to lust over the slaves. That's what I'm saying. They didn't, like, I, and I would say, I had a joke where I go, yo, if love transcended color, <laughs> you ready? If love transcended color, the first black woman that was raped, that we, they would have freed all the slaves the next day. Hold on, say it again now. Hold on. Well, I don't know the that first, that equates to love. When you say rape, it throw me off. Like, what did you say? The first black, the first slave woman that was raped, because that's what they did. Yes, 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 yes. They yes, raped. Yes, I'm yes. talking about slavery days now. Don't yes. try to flip my shit. Yeah, yeah. Sla slave masters would have. If love transcended color. All right. I don't know if that's love, though. Yeah, I don't think rape equals love. Exactly. I, I don't know, Godfrey. Explain. I'm sitting there. I'm the hoping. first, because I, I was saying most of the time the relationship, it wasn't love. It was rape. You know what I mean? Got you. And they tried to hide it like it was. So that's, it's like an inside. You got to, yeah. That's why the joke goes, what the fuck? You understand where I'm coming from? Because a lot of times the dynamic of that, and listen, I'm not saying that you can't, a lot of times people, whenever I say this, I'm not saying you can't love another race. I've been out with different races, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and there's wonderful people from every race, but nobody ever talks about the other aspect. I think you're saying if they loved us like they lusted us, if they really loved, if they loved us like they lusted us, then they there would be no racism. Usually, and like, I've had people go, well, my this, my, my, my significant other is Asian or this and that, so I understand. I go, that doesn't mean that you yeah, understand yeah. it. Okay. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Just because it's a sexual situation doesn't mean you actually understand it and actually see them as an equal. Because sometimes mm -hmm. there are those situations that happen like that is what I'm saying. You think I'm, you could marry a, another race? Nah. <laughs> nah, man. Why you say that so it's too effortlessly? Late. It's too late. What is that? Why you say that so effortlessly? I'm not doing it. They're, they're, no, they're, they're... <laughs> it's like, nah. Yeah. I, I'm I, giving I, it I some thoughts. I would marry a white woman if she looked like a black woman. <laughs> She has, it's like, I thought she was black. Okay. <laughs> Transracial. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 Transracial. No, because the way I, I'm just saying, the way I speak for um, <laughs> black women, you know, I, I'm, listen, I, I know a lot of women from different races that are fantastic, dope, but I prefer a black woman, okay? I prefer them. That's what I prefer. If I were to get married, I just prefer them. It's not about like dissing. And a lot of times when you talk about black women in a positive light, 
it's like all the other races get upset. They like go, oh, you don't like other. I go, no, that has nothing to do with it. Black women don't get, they don't get treated right. They don't get complimented enough. Everybody copies them all the time. They, you know, take everything that they do, the trend setting that they do, but then there's never any compliments. There's never black women. There's a lot of black men tend to shit on black women in public forums. I noticed that mm-hmm. a lot of us, a lot of times we come that. out we come out of our mouth and say the most horrible shit about black women in public, which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And there's never enough positive shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's just for me. I prefer black women. That's just me. I'm not saying I've never been out with other chicks now. I have people stop I mean, posting I've the picture. Yeah, yeah, you moaned. I've moaned. Yeah. I have. Yeah. I've, I've, <laughs> that didn't make you love them, though. But it depends on what country I'm in. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I find, I've been to Russia. I've been to Ukraine. Sweden. I find I found it very interesting that you've done comedy in Russia and Ukraine. I was I was just in Russia. I did um, a comedy festival in Russia um, in 2018. Wow! I, yeah, they. I was the first. I was the first American to do an American set in Russia. I didn't know, and my my manager was like, uh, "The Russians want you." I said, "For what?" I was like, "Fuck for." He's like, "They want. They have a comedy festival." I said, they laugh? I said, God damn. There's a festival. They've only started doing comedy like seven years in Russia. How did that work? Because they're not the most freedom of speech people. I, that's what I'm there. saying. So they I, they Skype me. You know, they was like, hey, we, you know, we've been watching all of <laughs> they, The way they did it was like, Godfrey, we're very happy. We watch all of your tapes. You're very funny. We laugh. <laughs> Straight face. Right. You're wow. very hilarious. We love your. We want to welcome you to Punchline. So, second annual Punchline Festival. We cannot wait for you to come. I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. They said, we already put money in account. You're like, okay. <laughs> I'm not bullshitting you. I was like. They didn't even know your rate, though. Well, I was they? like, oh, they, I looked. I said, I cannot wait to come to Russia. <laughs> I cannot wait. Very good. I can't wait. I've been well. waiting for all my life to come. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Hell yeah. I was like, shit. I was like. <laughs> I was like what did they see? They saw my videos on. I've done Lithuania. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they picked me. At, they I did a whole uh, festival in Lithuania. They barely wow. knew English. I did that. I guess my my videos kind of related to you know I've mm-hmm. done you know Dutch comedy. Dutch How does that comedy. work when people barely know English and they? I went to go. I went to Puerto Rico to yeah. a comedy show. I went to go mm-hmm. see Ada Rodriguez. Oh Ada, I've seen. That's and the girl. people opening for her, everybody did Spanish. And so, oh wow! So I was just sitting there like catching little words here and there, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I didn't know what was going on until uh, right, she right. went on stage. Yeah, it's just you know what <laughs> there's, you know you just kind of people kind of understand it. Um, you know, I, when I did Lithuania, the English was their second language. They understood what I was doing. Wow. I talk about my dad because my people like the stuff about my father. You know, I'm Nigerian, so mm-hmm. I would talk about my dad sounding like the Lion King on the thing. <laughs> and people know the Lion King. Everybody knows that the Africa because the African thing is very international. Right. So the Africans that live in Lithuania, so they knew that. I don't. I just did the shit and they understood it, which was crazy. But the Russian thing was weird because when I went on stage, they motherfuckers had headphones on. It was like huh? they had stations. It looked like the UN. They had headphones on, 300 Russians. And the guy goes, oh, don't worry. We have interpreter in booth. So when you talk, he's going to speak in Russian into the headphones. Wow. And that shit worked. I was like, be funny, motherfucker. Because I was like, <laughs> and when I went on, that dude was, I was talking. He was talking like me. Wow. But it, it was incredible. I was like, I would, I'd be like, yo, what's up? He's like, what the heck? What's up? I was like, man, you motherfuckers are crazy. He's like, what the heck? What the heck? He's like, yeah, he fucking 
he matched me. <laughs> and you just see the Russians going, ha, 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 ha. I was like, holy fuck. Wow. <laughs> I did an hour and a half. I mean, when you do a show like that, then you got to feel invincible after I that. I feel, yeah, nothing, no one can fuck with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because Russia, like, with the whole Russian-Ukraine shit, that's like a whole, that's like a whole nother kind of white, man. They a whole nother kind of white. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, not knocking you guys, but nah, this ain't shit. <laughs> He's Puerto Rican. Oh, you Puerto Rican? Oh, nah, look at him passing. Good, look at him. <laughs> and, and you can be, be our spy. <laughs> <laughs> you can be like, you know those Puerto Ricans, huh? He <laughs> goes, yeah. Hey, look at this guy. Fucking damn. Platano? God damn. <laughs> them and their plantains. <laughs> <laughs> You get the white dude to start talking shit. God, and that salsa, that crap. Huh? What do you think about the salsa music so loud, huh? <laughs> Boy, I, I bet you've heard a lot of shit, no? No, but have you have you heard? No, 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 there's Platano. No, Puerto Ricans eat Platano. But that, but Puerto Ricans eat Platano. Get the fuck no, no, like, We all eat Platanos. We all eat. Yo, yo it, in Nigerians, we call it plantain or dodo. That's what we call it, dodo. And uh, uh, Haitians call it banan. It's banan. So there's, it's the fried banana is everywhere. Yeah. There's, even when I was in uh, in Amsterdam, the, the the Surinamese, you know Suriname? No. Suriname are the black Dutch people. Okay. They look like us. I mean, they, they, but they speak Dutch. There's like, you'll see people look at me and they'll be like, I come in the life in the community. What the fuck? Yeah, They're from yeah, yeah. Suriname is a Dutch colony in South America. And it's all people from Curacao, and and they have a a plantain too. Wow. Yeah, it's a big ass fried plantain, man. The yellow banana, boy, you can't get away from it, baby. As, 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 as <laughs> yellow, but we all connected by the yellow banana. How, how did your parents <laughs> feel about you getting into the comedy world? Oh shit. Okay. Now listen. Yeah. I <laughs> I was a pre med psychology major in college. Wow. University of Illinois. We're Nigerians, man. Come mm-hmm. on, man. My father always said, you have to go to college, finish your school first, then you can do the comedy. I remember when I told my dad. <laughs> but shout out, God bless my parents. They're not around anymore. But my father said, wait, wait, you're, so you're, you're doing, because my, my, my sister told. And he goes, so you're she doing. She told on you. Yeah, fucking snitch. Shout out to my sister, <laughs> Juliana, sorry. Julie and my brother, Daniel. And uh, he, he goes, she goes, so you're doing this comedy. What What, what is that? You, you know, you want, you're doing psychiatry, right? I said, yeah. He said, but why are you? <laughs> he just didn't understand. Mm-hmm. He said, so are you going to do this as a hobby? I said, no, nah, Dad, I'm a, I'm doing this for real. He said, oh, okay, so, you know, but in case you fail, <laughs> still stick with your psychiatry. So he wasn't really that happy. But then when he saw me making progress, he was like, yeah. When he saw me making progress, that's when they were supportive of it. Then when he saw me get on TV and shit like that, then when I started talking about my father, mm-hmm. that's when he was really happy. Really? Oh, my God. My father said, you, yeah, I like this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because he probably started realizing all, oh, yeah. he was listening all those years. Mm-hmm. He was listening to the things I was telling yes. him and instilling in him. Yeah. I remember when he was watching Chris Rock one time. I was pissed the fuck off. He was watching Chris say, hey, this Chris Rock. Hey, he's very funny. I was like, yeah, motherfucker. I bet that's, that's what I've been do. doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he... When I started getting on TV and supporting myself, that's when he was. They were cool with it, but they were just afraid because they just, you know, what they hear about like entertainment, people don't always make it. So if you become like, if you're in medical school, if you got a regular job, you'll be fine. So that's immigrant shit. You know I started. I, mean? I started realizing that a lot of Nigerians have to let go of a lot of the things that they were raised on as they get into entertainment. Yeah, like they kind of have to. Sh- yeah, have a different mindset of culture. Yeah. 
But here's the thing about that's why when we were just talking about like picking roles in in Hollywood and stuff mm-hmm. like that, a lot of that shit has to do with the culture, man. You know, I mean, I'm not the same as every Nigerian, but there's a lot of times you, you, your parents always telling you or your relatives say, just just don't make us look, you know, foolish. Always pick something, make look dignified, please. That's you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. I always think about that. Like every choice I make. I know I have to answer to the culture. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want people to be proud of you. And and the stuff I talk about, even when I talk about Nigerians, it better be, it can be funny, but it better, you can't, don't clown them. You got to balance, you know, you got to walk that line. You don't want to be too buffoonish with it. That's, I take that into consideration. Imagine if more black Americans felt that way. I'm just saying, like, go ahead. I'm just saying, what if we did? Like, yeah, yeah, it'd probably be a whole different mindset. I, 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 I'm really, really conscious about that shit. You know what I mean? I'm conscious about what you say. I'm feeling kind of bad because I just had the, um, you know, Yemi Alade. She's Nigerian, but she's like a huge artist. She just did lip service, but she's never done an interview like that, and she was, she's a little nervous about the sex part. Yeah, well, uh, no, about talking about, yeah, about talking about sex. Because oh, nah, yeah, yeah. In Nigeria, she's like, you know, they're going to be like, she's a prostitute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are, you are, you are one of these bitches. Why are you, <laughs> why are you acting like these American bitches? <laughs> why are you being a bitch? You're <laughs> one of the hoes. How do you say how a hoe? Nigerians don't know how to curse. <laughs> what did they say? Bitch, hoe, what the, the, the bad words they are using? Because my, my father was an educator for 45 years on the west side of Chicago, Malcolm X College, and they and and he did a program. My father's students were like gangbangers, you know, disciples, vice mm-hmm. lords. They knew my dad in Chicago, and 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 they would say like they would curse him up. My father didn't. He would be like, "Oh, this today, this boy was just saying very bad words to me." And that's the only time we got to curse in front of my dad. I said, what do you say? Like, <laughs> motherfucker, what, what kind of words? I think so. I wrote it in my papers. I will just... <laughs> yeah, they would... My, they, that whole... Nigerians aren't into the bad words, yeah, really. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I would... I'm going to do your podcast. Oh, man. Okay. I, I talk about saying I don't give a fuck. I'm, yeah. I, I was raised in America. But it's like so. different for women, too. Yeah, it is different for women. You don't see Nigerian women as, like, horse. You just don't. Because of the, it's the culture, man. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're not, there aren't any, but it's just not, which is a good thing. Yeah, they wouldn't put it on display. Hell no. This is It's a good thing to have that reputation in the culture. But it's not even about, there's like a healthy conversation about sex. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait. I'm ready to, <laughs> she's like, are you ready? I was like, I'm not ready. <laughs> hey, Godfrey, do you eat it from the back? How much? Well. Did the internet benefit Godfrey? A lot, man. I, I, the, um, the uh, pandemic is. I gained like three hundred thousand, three hundred fifty thousand new followers. Wow! Over the pandemic, as soon as it hit, I was like, a lot of comments were like, "Yo, what are you gonna do, man?" I said, "I'm just gonna stay on live every night. I ain't doing. That's it. I mean, what else are you gonna do? So I don't lose my shit. I said, I'm just gonna stay on live every night, and I'm just gonna fucking just be me, whatever. And that's how I gained fans." Nas, I got started contacting with Nas got in contact with me. You know, Kravitz got in contact with me. A lot of people were showing me because I was just on right. wow. all the time, late. Five, I was I would be on with like Shang Four, Shang, comedian Shang. That's my man with Shang. I was going on with Afion and Jay Farrow and, and Ari Spears, and they didn't know I had a lot of voices. None of them knew that because all of them have been on TV shows. Yeah, your impersonations are very slept on. I've never, ever, like, they were like, dude, I didn't, because when I did the Steve Harvey thing, which is like 
act that was almost an accident. <laughs> well, nothing happens by accident, right? Is that what he said? I was at Sirius XM, and then um, I, I got fired from Sirius XM, and then boom, went over to doing my podcast, and then I said, let me start. I'm gonna do my podcast. I'm just gonna be on. I'm gonna be on live, and then that's that Steve Harvey shit. And then people said, and I remember an Atheon Crockett called me one time. He goes, "Nigga, I didn't know you can do Steve Harvey." I said, "I thought everybody does Steve Harvey." It's like, it's like everybody does Cosby. You see, everybody does the pop, but everything. And it's like, no, nah, I didn't do Steve. Harvey. I was like, nobody does Steve Harvey. Wow. And so that's where people were like, "Man, we didn't know you can impersonate so many people." I said, "I always could impersonate. I just never was on a TV show to show the shit." Yeah. So I would go against Jay Farrow, me and. Uh, Afe would go against each other, so and then Steve Harvey. He's on Nick Cannon. <laughs> I saw Steve him. Harvey said, "Yeah, I'm gonna tell you right now, <laughs> your ass. I'm gonna beat your ass, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna beat your ass. I'm from Cleveland. <laughs> you got me fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one day, was, one day I was watching. I was watching Family Feud for like two hours. <laughs> I was on the road. I was bored. And so you know how you get shitty. Sometimes you get shitty cable in a, in a hotel. You're like, fuck it, family feud. I was like, man, Steve. And I just said, I got to do this, dude. Because yeah. I've known Steve over the years as an amateur comic. Just kind of knew him. He always was cool with me. And then I was like, yo, Steve does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Survey set. <laughs> I don't know why or where. But your ass. And he does the finger thing. You got me fucked up. Hey. <laughs> 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 On Nick Cannon show, was that the first time you met him? Uh, no, I met I met him like before that. Okay, like, okay. Just, well, I'm since you was impersonating him. That was the first time I saw him like kind of like yeah, yeah, he, speaking yeah. to him over the monitor yeah. thing. Yeah, and because uh, I know when I, he sent me a little DM, he's like, "When I see you, I'm gonna kick your ass." <laughs> I just see him going, hey, "You got me all fucked up." <laughs> how you even read? Like, <laughs> I just see Steve it? Harvey fart. I don't know why or where. But then when I see your ass, I'm gonna beat your ass. <laughs> you done did some fucked up shit. See, you don't do that to Steve Harvey. Yeah, <laughs> comma, yeah, comma, yeah. <laughs> and dude, all you have to do, all you have to listen, all you have to do is look him up and just watch his moments. He's always yeah. Uh, or, or whatever, whatever, he, whatever he does. Like someone does the wrong answer oh, on Family Feud. He he's like, "What? <laughs> you think gonna be up?" I'm sorry. You know what? I would love to see a baby Steve Harvey with you doing the voice, like like oh, like, like, oh, a like they do Steve uh, Stephen A. Smith. Yes. Oh, that no, would be a cartoon fine. though, like um, oh, a baby Steve. Yeah, like what's that show? Like Baby's Kids, but it's a baby Steve. Oh, that would be. And you doing the voice? <laughs> Tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, the boy's gotta be grown. Oh, he'd be, be a baby. Yeah. He's like, Where's my bottle? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got me messed up. Yeah. You supposed to breastfeed me. How am I supposed to grow? Huh? I'm a baby. Where's your titty at? <laughs> Where in the hell's my milk? <laughs> you gotta change my diaper. I got doodle all in my ass. But your ass, you supposed to be my mama. Supposed to wipe that ass. Yeah. Diapers full. That's what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a damn in for your ass. Too late with the milk. Oh, you know what? I wanted to ask you what did you think, what did you think about the whole DL Hughley uh, Kanye West situation? Yo. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, man. Steve's gonna fuck. Baby Harvey is hilarious. Baby Harvey. That would be great if I get a DM. He's like, I like that idea, boy. That's right there. Make that money, boy. You can do me all damn day. As long as I make some Oh, yeah, pause. Oh, now you think I'm in your ass now. See? I love, yo, that's what I'm, I like impersonating. Oh, I'm gonna man. answer you because I I, yep. I I love impersonating. I mean, I've been Obama, rejected by you. Do great with Obama. My S, I got it rejected by SNL three times. What? what? Never chose me, man. My first audition, I got a standing ovation, and they, I didn't even get to the second round. Oh, man. Too good. They were I didn't like, even get to the second round. Oh, yeah, it was weird. I didn't get to. Yeah, it's hot as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on like, here, guys? Oh my Oh my Obama's not too bad. Like my Obama, you know. Uh, it's not bad when I go. Uh, I just uh, like the Breakfast Club. Uh, really, it's a good show. Yeah, uh, very good show. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, I, I can switch. And my Trump man, you got I, a Trump? What? I what? hate a Trump. This is a very good show. I'm very proud of you. Very good. It's very good. I don't like the other shows. This is very good. You're a very good host. Not so funny. You're good every once in a while. You're very pretty. In incredible. Yeah. That's why watched They Ready because he he did They Ready. Tiffany yeah, Haddish, I saw that. And, yep, yep. and so he does the um... the Trump the Trump thing helps me because when I do the South, I'm in the South. I do Trump supporting. Um, um I do Trump supporting audiences, man. That's what I do and. And when you do Trump, it's neutral. I don't give a damn what you voted for. I just do him. So even the, and I do the South that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, man, yeah, I'm a big fan, man. I really love the shit you do. And they, they're Trump supporters. Look, and, I, and I'll just talk about Trump. And when I do it, and I go, I said, I would tell the, like, Southern people, I said, yo, Trump don't even hang out with you guys. You no, not at broke. all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I say, would you ever go back to Alabama, Trump? They're very dirty people. They would never go, you know. And so, but they laugh at that shit because yeah. I didn't. I'm not dogging about their choice. They just go, man, you sound just like a man. Yeah. <laughs> you, sound you can't really lose with 80 celebrities though. Right. Trump, Hogan, Hulk oh, Hogan, right. Hulk Hogan, those 80 celebrities. Yeah. it is a different yeah. level iconic. Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can never. Anytime you impersonate, it just kind of breaks the breaks the wall. You know, it's like everyone's like, wow, you sound just like them. So when I do Trump. Shit like that. Even with Trump supporters, they're like, oh, that shit was funny. You know what I mean? Now, back to um, some current events. Yes. D.L. Hughley versus uh, Kanye I'm West. I'm very current. Don't you ever say I'm not current. I'm always current. Very, very I current. I am the current. Sleepy Joe. <laughs> 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 okay, what were you saying? I was talking about uh, DL versus Kanye West. I know you've been uh, watching that. Man, yeah, I, yo, that that threat was that that threat that threat was crazy. That's like, a real threat, though. That's a real. threat. I can afford you, to I have you hurt. To have you hurt. And then you put your address out there. That's a real threat. That's yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's kind of fucked up that it's gotten to that point. You know, um, I'm a DL fan. I've known DL a long time. You know, DL's one of the greats, with, you know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Yeah, and I like his his political views are dope. You know, the way DL is like, you know, tearing his career into like more political type shit. I like DL. I like all kinds of people. I'm not type to shit on anybody because I love Kanye and I know Kanye from Chicago. You know what I'm saying? And my man Cootie, shout out to my man Cootie and Chike mm -hmm. for that documentary. Mm -hmm. And I and Cootie came up with me. As an amateur comic. Oh, yeah, he was a comic. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 I know Cootie before, and then he started to go in behind the scenes. He liked, he liked going behind the scenes and filming his Channel Zero, all that shit. 
was I was around all of that shit, you know, not all the time, but I remember when Cootie was doing Channel Zero in Chicago. But the fact that the whole Kanye shit is go is is turned into that, um, I just don't want Kanye to get in trouble and get arrested or so for threatening. You know what I'm saying? I it's think inevitable, it's just, right? I've heard him. He's putting he's putting too many threats on people. He's, yeah. I've heard him say that about four different people. Yeah, I got and money then, on your, your head. Your fans might end up doing something crazy Absolutely. too. I think yeah, sometimes too. when you put that energy, I yeah. think there's some crazy fans. Right, 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 right. I yeah, yeah, I hope this shit gets squashed. I hope that Kanye finds peace. You know, definitely. I, you know, because I mean, listen, nobody. We, you don't know what it's like. I mean, we all know what it's like to be in a relationship and you lose your woman and whatever and they're with somebody else. You don't know how someone's going to act. We, we talk shit because it's not happening to us. But, you know, you hope it doesn't have to go to that point where, you know, because I know everyone's calling Kanye crazy and all this other shit. First of all, I think he's a genius. I'm a big Kanye fan. But I think there's just a lot of internal shit that he needs to deal with. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we can all just, I hope he can just get that. Not say help as in like he's, you know, you know what I mean? Like he's we some all disabled. We need help. I go to therapy but every week. Do like, you go to therapy? Yeah. I, I would like to go to a therapist. Yeah, I go to therapy every week. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Is how does it, does it help? I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because a lot of black folks we don't we don't go for help. You just, you know what I mean? We don't have therapy. All my Jewish friends all have therapists. Mm -hmm. All of them do. Mm -hmm. they go so have you, a you never went. Never went to a therapist. But Maybe would. one time. I just. But I don't know if I need it though. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I need it because when they ask me questions, I go, "I'm good. I don't. There's no. I wasn't raised weird. Mm -hmm. you no, know, nobody, nobody, nobody put a finger in the butt. Nobody did none of that shit. No, I'm just saying nobody did anything <laughs> weird. I, you know, it's always but like, some people that's oh. there was never. There's never. A, <laughs> don't say a word. Was, nobody came in the room late at night. No moist. No 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 moist booty. So you ass gotta shit. laugh at your trauma, man. That's so funny. No, that's stupid. I, as hell, no, I never. I never <laughs> been. No, my parents. I gotta give credit. My parents weren't perfect, but everybody, my sister, my brother, we were all treated pretty cool. You know, I was. I'm a middle child, but I'm first son, so I got a lot of attention. Nigeria, that's important. When you're first son, whoa. When you first, damn, did you see that? It's a trick I always do there, Shadow Man. A little pop of the cap. <laughs> that was weird. I'm like, hey! <laughs> did you see the thing that Godfrey did on the Breakfast Club? <laughs> I'm just always trying to outshine everybody. Uh, no, I, um, yeah, my, I grew up pretty normal, man. Like, yeah, you got spanked, then, you know, we're not abused, abused, you got spanked, you got disciplined. My parents tried. They mm -hmm. they were very logical in what they did. We tried to use our common sense. So as far as trauma, maybe there's trauma as far as being a black dude in in America. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I've been held at gunpoint in Chicago, well, which you know is the traumatic. most segregated city in the country still to this day, even though it was discovered by a black Haitian guy named Jean-Baptiste Pointe du Sable. A black man discovered Chicago, the most segregated mm -hmm. city. But yeah, I've had cops like kind of a not, like harass me a little bit. Um, there's that trauma as far as being black and the racism thing. Mm -hmm. But I'm able to talk about it on on stage like every day. You know, that's always been my outlet. But um, other than that, as far as narcissism, I'm not too much of a narcissist, even though I'm doing comedy. Because the thing about entertainment. There's a lot of mental shit that goes on, and we hide it through entertainment. Absolutely, you we know? create these characters. Yes, you know, and it's and it's actually it. We need therapy, but 
It's entertainment is like probably the only area where you can be fucked up mentally, and people go, no, but they're eclectic. No, they're fucked up. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, this yeah, person's yeah. is a psychopath. This person's a sociopath. But they're like, but look at his paintings. You know, I think I mean? we all get raised as sociopaths only because, like, especially mm-hmm. when you're a black man in this country, a man. Period. I saw that. It's okay. <laughs> they tell you. They, they they tell you not to feel. Right. You know, what I mean? you're not allowed to yeah. show your emotions. Yeah. You know, you gotta yeah. be. Damn near stoic all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know? When my mother passed away, man, I was told not to cry. Yeah. That's the Nigerian tradition. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. there, mother's laying there, dead, and ugh. And I had to be like, you know, my relatives are like, you can't, you're the first son. You you can't wow. do that right now. You can't. You had to be strong for your father. Like, boom, Why do like, they think that's being strong? I don't know, but I'm African. I just, you know, I just, yeah, they should yeah, give me a pamphlet yeah. on all the rules. But yeah. it was like, you can't, no. You can't cry. You have to be strong for your father. Boom. You're the man in the house now. Boom. I was like, okay. Yeah. It was right there at the funeral. I was like, oh, okay. Whoop. <laughs> Did you ever though? Like even when yeah, nobody was, wasn't around? Yeah, it's different times because it was more, when my parents died, it was more shock for me. Like, cause it was like, wow, it's surreal. Like everybody doesn't take death the same way. Right. You know, you don't bereave the same way. Mm-hmm. Some people, ah, ah. I was just like, wow, this is crazy. When my father passed away, Because my father passed away like 10 years. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... 
actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My my mother passed away from leukemia and shit like that. So, yeah, 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 you know. And so when my father passed away, you know, I had to do a show. I remember doing a show at my sister's alma mater, Loyola University in Chicago, and my father's body lay at rest down the street. So Yikes. I had to do a show, get off, good night, and then meet the fucking funeral director. Yikes. And just to see my father laying there, like, I was like, oh, God, yeah. Crazy time. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, you know, you cry sometimes, you know, when it hits you, bam. Sometimes the weirdest things will make you cry, like, damn. Yeah. I was, I cried one time, I was like, I, I was in Chicago and I saw the baseball fields where my mother signed me up for Little League. I started crying. Wow. Just just areas of It took you back you to that moment yeah, when you were Yeah, I was like, my yeah. mother signed me up for, because I want to play Little League baseball. My mother signed me up to play baseball, you know? And it, it hits you sometimes. Yeah. It varies on when it happens, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So It's I wild, like, though, because it's an era. Like, there was an era where they literally told us we got to be hard. Like, hardcore yeah, no was that era. Like, man, fuck out of here, man. You be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like this, yo, man. Man, that girl, man, man, fuck that bitch, man. You know how bitches out here, man? You ain't crying, is I hit you right in your chest, man. You crying, man. You fuck out of here. Have to talk, Charlie Murphy. Yo, man, fuck that shit, man. You know see, you a bitch, man. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Charlie Murphy. That was my man, Hilarious. right there. Word up. He's like, man, fuck that, man. My friends would be like, man, stop crying, man. Fuck out of here, man. You're crying over there, man. You all these ass out here, man. Yo, this is what we gonna do. We gonna get you pussy, man. Fuck crying. They're like, why can't I just cry over this law? Man, fuck out of here, man. What you need to do is get smashed, man. You get over all that. Yeah. <laughs> Make it even worse when make you try it, to do that. Yeah, it make it even, even worse. <laughs> so yeah, that's we in our culture, like culturally as men, even you know, I'm sure in other cultures, you know, the men you're supposed to not cry and shit, just keep it, especially with us, man. Our trauma, man, we have to hold that shit in. But even society makes us not express ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, our society makes it like, oh, black people stop. You yeah, know, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. else gets to cry about their oppression That's right. and their shit. And as soon as we bring up our shit, they're like, come on, just do make a song for us. But you know why, though? Because then <laughs> we're holding somebody accountable. Now they got to right. be accountable. 
But you know what most I mean? of our oppression is holding everybody accountable. Yeah. That's why with that critical race theory, which yeah. is a stupid branding, it should be called American history done the right way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because most of American history, which is sad, our history is mainly white folks shitting on us. I'm sorry. Not all whites. Okay, there's the disclaimer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, most of our shit is white folks fucking with us. Yes. Like, if you look at any um, um, documentary, like when I saw... Um, the Gordon Parks doc. I'm a big nerd. I'm a nerd when it comes to documentaries are my shit. Alvin Ailey. I just watched Alvin Ailey. Gordon Parks. Alvin Ailey got a doc? What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got to watch that. Fantastic. Alvin Ailey. Gordon Parks is called Weapon of a Weapon of Choice. Uh, the new Ali one. The new one on PBS. Ken Burns one. I watch a lot of documentaries. Mm-hmm. And I, I watch Ernest. I watch documentaries on everybody. But when it comes to ours, if you notice, all of our shit, all of our greats, Always had to go through segregation, right. Jim Crow. It was one. always met with race. Always yep. met Toni Morrison. Right. Her her documentary is fantastic. It's always with race. Oh, because they were black. Oh, segregation, Jim Crow. It, it, it's always that, and that's why they don't want that that's critical right. race theory in the schools because white people will be held accountable for how fucked up they were towards us. Plain and simple, you know. What about Native Americans? You want to talk about real American that's right. history? That's right. There's none left. That's right. Like there's none. At least with black folks, we know we're around because right. people keep calling us names. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we know we're around. <laughs> Damn niggers. Well, at least we're here. <laughs> Has anybody said anything about Native American? Because they're not around. You know what I mean? But we're we're around. People conjure us up in in, in conversations. We're like, ta-da. We're like, ta-da. We're magical Negroes. (laughs) There are white families that bring us up and we're not even in their house. They go, what about those niggers? Ta-da. I used to say this. I said, I used to say, I used to say this. if I could see the thought bubble of a white man, there'd be like a black oh. dick just dancing in the in the center of it. Like, like, like they think about our dicks more than we think of. I'm just saying. When I would go overseas, the oh, dudes, oh, the man. Europeans, would be like, oh, the black guy, big dick. I'm like, what? I'm just trying to catch a cab. They would always do it in some language. I remember in Prague, they would say "fiki fiki" means fuck. So when I was in Prague, the guy was like, oh, what are you doing? You're like the fiki fiki. I was like, what? <laughs> I just go in the shop. I just want some clothes. What's your clothes? <laughs> in Turkey, same shit. Hey, look, guy. What the fuck? It's like, it's a universal thing about us. People have an obsession. I call it negrophilophobia. Mm. That's my little, um, I liked, I, I made up a, like a Latin negrophilophobia. It's the love and hate of black people. You know what I mean? They love us so much that they hate us. You know, when someone is so jealous of you, they yeah, hate yeah, your yeah, ass. Yeah, 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 but yeah. In it, but they can't live without us. They, it's impossible to live without us. But I go, well, you know, if you hate us, then leave us alone. Like, I'm not even trying. I'm actually trying to help you be a good racist. I want you to be good at it. If you don't like us, please leave every aspect of black alone. Please. Don't fuck with our culture. That's the problem I have. Mm-hmm. Is the is the culture that you fuck with? You keep fucking with our culture, but you keep dogging us, nigga. This, nigga. This, nigga. This, nigga. That. But they were like, yo, I was just at a Beyonce concert. It's like, no. That's what they say. They love our culture, but they don't love us. They don't like. Yeah, it's yeah. really weird. It's a weird compartmentalization that they do. I I don't get it. I, I go. I wonder if going back to an earlier point you made, like if if we knew how the slave master lusted for, yeah. you know, the slave. I wonder how that impacted their women. 
Right. They're, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. women had to be like, well, you know, why do you love that black woman so much? Yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it's, and, and it's a, it's a psychology that's kind of, maybe that's an, a mystery we will never fi- figure out mm-hmm. because they can literally come. I knew, I knew dude, it, there's, okay, remember uh, Ray Donovan? Yeah. I love that show. And there is a scene where John Voight is getting like a, 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 a pedicure from this black woman. And he's like, oh, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. He goes, she's like, oh, so you like black women. Yeah, it's the men I don't like. Wow. That shit was heavy. Wow. I was like that, and he nailed that shit. I said, because there's dudes that literally do not like black dudes but love black women yeah, but yeah, hate yeah. our presence. Yeah. I've seen that dynamic. I'm yeah. not saying everybody's like that, but I've seen it where, you know, you'll see them, you know, with the black girl, and then as soon as it's okay. Here's an example. Like, people say, why don't you do Vlad anymore? Mm-hmm. Right, I used to do Vlad. I was yeah. a regular on Vlad. And Vlad's come here. Mm-hmm. Vlad, we ain't, there ain't no beef with me and Vlad and shit. Me and Lord Jamar would do Vlad all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was a good show. I used to watch it just like this show. I would watch it. Say, I may have great interviews on there. And I wanted to do it. I didn't know Vlad was a white dude. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a black guy. You know, and and I started doing his shit. And then some stuff came up about the minister. Mm-hmm. You know, who I saw in Chicago. Couple of weeks, I saw his last speech, Savior's Day. I used to go to Savior's Day when I was in college, you know, Chicago, you know. Mm-hmm. And he said something about the minister that wasn't, that I didn't agree with, that wasn't the truth. You know, it wasn't the truth on a sp- particular speech. It wasn't the truth. Mm-hmm. You don't have, you can disagree with minister, but I don't care what you, I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not Muslim. I'm not, I'm just a black dude that just wants a pep talk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he said something that was like, oh, no, that's not true. He said, and he was talking to D.L. Hughley at the time. D.L. was just listening to him. Mm-hmm. And he said something, said, yeah, well, Barragon said this, 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 this. And I was like, no, nah, that's not true. That was, he was making, it was a metaphor, bro. He, he was saying something like, he said something derogatory towards the Jewish community. I was like, nah, he actually didn't. You know what I mean? I'm not down with anybody dogging anybody's community. Mm-hmm. I'm not down with that. But he, Mr. Barragon did not say that. And he said, and then I was like, and then, so everybody, like, you know, when it's, it's scary when Royce the five nine DMs you. Uh, you know what I mean? Okay. They he DM me say, "Hey, brother, we just need to talk to you for a second. And Elijah Farrakhan, Farrakhan's grandson, mm-hmm. grandson DM me, "Hey, listen, beloved." When they say beloved, <laughs> well, I was like, "Let me answer these." Two. So then everybody's like, "Yo, are you still gonna be doing Vlad? You don't hear what he said?" Then I listened to what Vlad said, and I said, "Oh, hey," and me and Lord Jamar just kind of say, "Hey, man, why don't you like uh, you should like apologize to my man? You know, like what you said wasn't too cool." You know, and he was like, "Well, I already made it an apology." He's like, "Well, you didn't. It wasn't really an apology, yeah, yeah, man." Yeah, I remember he corrected himself. Mm, yeah. It wasn't. Really, it was like it was like a technical difficulty. I said, "Just apologize." You kind of came out of because what you said was what he's been plagued with all his career, right. mm-hmm. and that's like dangerous, you know. And so, and then, and I said, and then Lord Jamar's like, "But you got mad when Nick Cannon said what he said. You got real upset." And Nick Cannon apologized, like literally apologized. Mm-hmm. And then went and sat down and did research. Yeah, and he work did and, research and all yeah. that. But then you you talk about our, a person that that's part of our community, whether we like him or not, he's still a part of our community. An elder, you decide to be stubborn, but we got to kowtow to you. That's not fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was interested in that situation because I, I thought Vlad did apologize, but then people didn't like Do, the I'm apology. T- listen. But, I, but I think what people forgot in that situation Vlad is Jewish. Of course, yeah. he, 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 that I would have a conversation yeah. with him about what 
actually were you offended by? Because yeah. he have a different perspective. But, I mean, he's, but he was yeah. saying he was just incorrect. In he was way. just incorrect mm -hmm. in that assessment. I'm just, at that point, I said, if he said something that was legit, I go, well, yeah, he did say that. Mm -hmm. But you were wrong, and you were, like, stubborn. But I go, but you, 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 you base your whole career off of our culture. But then when it comes to, like, respecting our elders and whatever, all of a sudden that's out the window. We're just here for entertainment. And you and you're a guy that dates black women and all this other shit, but that's all we're good for. But then when it comes to respecting the men, you 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 rather like try to you know have an interview where a dude gets thrown in jail or murdering each other, whatever. I'm just saying. But then when it comes to apologizing to an elder, my man. And so he 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 became stubborn. And me and Lord Jamar, shout out to Lord Jamar. We were like, well, we're just gonna we're gonna be we're gonna just. Cut ties, no beef. It's no, it, it yeah, is what it, it is. Hey. But it's just for our culture, man. Mm -hmm. We gotta stand up for our culture, man. We. That's why Dave Dash is right, though. But he's I, I, right I, about that. We gotta stand up for our culture, man. Because fuck, just be coming in. It's like an amusement park. I'm surprised there's not Niggerland an amusement park yet. <laughs> God, that white people just go in line and just ride on our shit. There's the big dick ride. All right. Yeah. There's the big booty ride. All right. And then they just get off and leave. Because that's it seems like we're just an amusement park. That we yeah. just everybody rides on us, but then when serious shit comes, everybody scatters. Like it's like we 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 just want to be respected as human beings. All of this talk, you know, from the cabinet, we just want to be. It's like, how are you upset at me because I want to be treated like a human being? Why are you mad at that? I don't you, I like, understand. That's you, so weird. That's all we're talking about. From blues to jazz to all of American music, which is black created. It's all about expression of being treated like shit. That's where the music came from. You know, it was the it was the Negro spirituals. Then it was gospel. Then it was blues. It's called the fucking blues. It's not the happies. Right, that's right. It's called the blues. Which rock and roll came from? Rock and roll, which is black. Which then the white, you know, white uh, artists came and and used it through country and the whole. It's all from black people being treated like shit. Hip hop came from black people being treated like shit. R and B, rhythm and blues. Black right. people being treated right. like shit. Hip hop came from Jazz. the struggle. Yeah. Black people being treated like shit. And then it's like all this expression and this entertainment, and they still separate it from like, yo, when Louis Armstrong was playing a, uh, playing a horn, he's like, I just want to be treated like, treated right, you know? Mm -hmm. You know? And you took it as just entertainment and not they're expressing their, hey man, can you just treat me like a human being? It's like, it's fucked up. And that's what. I, you you get tired of you know what I'm saying? You, you, you brought up uh, Kaepernick, which I which I thought was interesting yeah. because you know you didn't like something that was going on with Vlad TV, mm -hmm. so you stepped away. I just stepped away, but yeah. you have no desire going back. No, that would be the dumbest thing to go back would be fucking stupid. So how do you feel about Kaepernick then? Kaepernick Still wanting to play in the NFL? There's nothing wrong with him wanting to play in the NFL. That's his desire, man. He does. He should. He should play. He, first of all, he's a quarterback, so that's significant to me mm -hmm. because you know Tom Brady. <laughs> everyone, Tom is coming back. Everyone, <laughs> Thomas Brady, the Great White Hope. Da, 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 da. Let me listen. Tom Brady, great. He's awesome. I'm questioning a couple of his Super Bowls. I think they cheat for him personally. I think they cheat for him. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Because sometimes you can't even tackle Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. You graze his hair. A uh, 15-yard penalty. You know? I I I think there was nothing wrong with Kaepernick trying to go back to play. But I think Kaepernick proved the point that, yeah, it's like a plantation almost. Mm -hmm. You know? So why would you want to go back to the plantation? Right? Because he loved he loves football. I mean, that's like saying 
I feel I like we at, love abuse as black no, people. Look so at how racist America is. Are we gonna leave? Are you leaving America? I, I hear people say that. No, but it's no, like, uh, no, no. Are we gonna leave? I mean, what, that's where what are we going. <laughs> but what is different? Because there's a choice, right? Especially, especially being that he's making so much money doing other things. Yeah. You sued the NFL. Right. You won your lawsuit. You sued him because you know for mm -hmm. whatever the reason was. I guess discrimination, and you, right. you were unjustly kicked out of the right. league. Why would you want to go back? Yeah. I mean, it's his decision. Of course it is. It's all our choice, but why? I mean, I, I, that's that's on he loves he loves football that much. He's still trying to go back. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's it's still week. training. He's training, yeah. He's still training. I mean, they're and they're like, no. I don't. I, they, don't, I don't know what they. I just I just don't understand the mindset. The mindset is if. You've called out this institution. You said it's oppressive. Maybe you said it's racist. Like, okay, even the Super Bowl halftime show. I saw you talking about that and Jay-Z working with the NFL. Yeah. Got to get but past the kneeling. Got to get he, past the kneeling. But he got mad at Jay and Rock Nation for working <laughs> with the league, but he still wants to work with the league. I just don't understand the logic. What, you mean Jay-Z? Well, Cap got mad at Jay-Z and Rock no, Nation. No, Jay-Z was, I think, I, listen, Jay-Z, you know, I don't know Jay-Z. He seems like he moves in a in sort of a mysterious way. You don't know what he's trying to do. Maybe there's, you got to get in. To, to, to work his magic or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought the the halftime thing was cool, but I go, wow, there's there's 32 coaches and one is black, and yet there's 32 motherfuckers crip walking. <laughs> on, I didn't know gang banging went corporate. It, it was, did you see that? Everybody was. I was like, I, was like I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I loved it. I, I, it was great, and it pissed off white America. It, yeah, it was fantastic. But I go, the Fox I hope, crowd hated it. But it's it's halftime. I mean, we're the entertainment. Are we surprised? But then we're like, why are there only why is there only one black coach in all of the NFL head coach? Like we can coach. Like we kind of play the shit better than you. Yeah, like yeah, how yeah, can yeah. you don't you don't think? I'm not saying just because you're a good player, you're a good coach. But we got a lot of black people that are really good at football. There's got to be at least ten of them that can coach. You know what I mean? You have one black coach. Yeah, if you make up what seventy percent of the players are black, eighty almost. 80, yeah. And you and and the thing is, is there's a lot of average white coaches that keep getting jobs. McCarthy, who was the coach of Green Bay, he just went head coach in Dallas and fucked it up over there. I agree. And that's what I'm saying. Like that. That's I don't mind the, the halftime show. Great, dope. But that's easy to get black people to sing and do. That's nothing. But to get us as a head coach, I mean, they had problems with us being quarterback. Do you know who Doug Williams is? Absolutely. You won the Super Bowl with the Redskins. Won the Super Bowl, but broke records in the Super Bowl that haven't been beat. Broke records, but nobody talks about Doug Williams, who's the coach of Grambling, Grambling State University. Well, it's because you can't talk about the Redskins. What did you say? You can't talk about the Redskins. <laughs> the Washington football team? <laughs> you can't say that. Washington football. I'm sorry. Native Americans, my fault. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like it, even in my university, University of Illinois, Big Ten, they did not want black quarterbacks. They they converted everybody to defensive guys. Mm -hmm. The the alumni was like, no, you no, because the quarterback is like the head position. Right. It's the head position. They still have problems with black quarterbacks mm -hmm. to this day. So, I don't know. I, Kaepernick wanting to play, I think he's maybe trying to prove something. It's like, hey, you know what? You can have your dignity. You can have your rights. And you can still play within the game. I don't know. Maybe he was trying to prove something with that. I don't know. I don't that, like, I have every right to play. Or maybe he's trying to really show how racist they really are. Like, I still want to play. And they're like, nah, motherfucker. You, you, you ran off the plantation. And we didn't like that. 
went against your massa. But then you have 80% of the players who are black. And they're still kneeling and still protesting in their own way. So it's like, ugh. Right. You but know? The, Kaepernick was t- was was advised by a white dude. A white veteran. A yeah. white veteran. Because they were like, and I remember I was doing a show up in Auburn, New York, where Harry Tubman is buried. And I said something about Kaepernick. I was bringing it up. And this dude goes, he's disrespecting the armed forces. You know, he's always wondering, mm-hmm. he's disrespecting the armed forces, man. And I said, how is he disrespecting? He doesn't, nobody disrespects the armed forces. Mm-hmm. And I said, first of all, when you lay the flag down in a football game, that's sacrilege. You're not supposed to do that. In in American flag laid down on the ground, that's what they do in football. You're not supposed to do that. And you're not supposed to wear the American flag on your body. Like with bikinis, you know how they have American they do that all the time. Yeah. So I said, I said, my man's like, he's disrespecting the armed force. I said, he's not. Because then I said, a white soldier told him to kneel. He goes, well. Say, white soldier told him. I don't need to hear this. He walks out. It's like when Trump gets stumped with shit. Yeah. Stump will talk, Trump will talk about your mama. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Trump, Donald, you know, 83% last year. There was a, a decrease in the Medicaid. He goes, your wife's pretty ugly, though. Let's be real, okay? He's like, what? He just, he, he just gets personal because Trump don't know facts. He goes, your wife's pretty ugly. Like, yeah, I have to. You know? <laughs> but yeah, but um, yeah, Kaepernick. I mean, I think he he, he you know he, him wanting to play football. I think he's just always he's trying to make a statement, like trying to show. I want to sh- you to see how racist these motherfuckers are. Maybe. I think he's bigger than football at this point. Well, right? now, yeah, he's, and, it's, he's, and it's just he's weird. literally like. Like Malcolm X type, he's like on some civil rights. It'd be interesting shit. to see if a team picks him up, no, how people not. react. You know, it's who been are seven fans years of that team. Seven years, yeah, it's like I, oof. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's been seven. His years. arms, he probably only can go short passes now. I mean, he <laughs> he only, he's only does short passes out. Five and out. Uh, Kaepernick, what a pass. But I don't know. Seven years out, he's going to stick with the short game. Well, to your point, it's like that's, we look at him as this massive figure, right? Yes. Of, 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 of black revolutionaries yeah. now. So it's like, just stay where you're celebrated. Stop trying to go, you know, yeah, where no, you're tolerated. Hey, man. And you're not even tolerated. Right. I, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would love to see him get picked up. No, you're right. I'd like to see, like, but the, the hate, I mean, listen, the, the hate is real as fuck, man. Like, for us is and remember, I, I, people don't try to twist my shit. I'm not saying we can't make our money, we can't do it, but the visceral hate for us is real as shit. Especially yeah. when we get there's a thing like when you get out of line, you know what I mean? Like when LeBron James was like when he complimented black women, they fucking went off on him, like fuck you, you. My- White women buy your sneakers too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> White women buy He just said black. My, what if I'm talking about my mother? My wife. Right. But they're thinking yeah. you're talking about girls in bikinis with ass and tits. That's what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. But if I say I love black women, what if I'm talking about my mom? What if I'm talking about my aunt and my grandmother? What if I'm just doing that? Why do black people always got to explain what we the fuck we're talking expl- about? Because, <laughs> because when you're hated, they don't give a fuck yeah. about you. When you're hated, they don't care. They go, well, why is this happening? They don't care because well, they listen, don't like you. Let me ask you, you something That's a, what along happens. those lines. In Chicago with Jesse Smollett. Yeah, you just, see what's happening with Jesse. Juicy, Juicy Smollett. Yeah. What, so what, 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 <laughs> we're watching that he got this 150-day jail sentence. That's fucked and, up. Right. So do you think... He's going to be Juicy for real. He's going to be like, hey, Juicy! Yeah, all right! <laughs> He's like, man, it's Jesse. No, no, it ain't! <laughs> <laughs> it's Juicy now! <laughs> 
Whoa, what's happening, girl? Ah, juicy smelly. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Hey, what's up, Juicy? Damn, yo, Dave might have fucked the Juicy up. He's I mean, really Juicy up in jail, man. <laughs> juicy smelly. Damn, Say Dave. His name. <laughs> oh, shit. Dave didn't think he was going to prison. That's why he, we, he, he would have never he would, did I that. I thought he was going to get like community service yeah, fine. Some, and then he has already looks and his reputation is kind of tarnished right now anyway yeah. mm-hmm. but now he's in jail they gonna be like yeah <laughs> juicy <laughs> he gonna be walking through with his little blanket oh. yeah juicy oh man juicy juice is it 100% juice fruit juice uh. oh shit <laughs> they got him in PC though uh, oh yeah? yeah yeah he's in PC oh that's good they'll be like juicy what flavor that uh. yeah <laughs> Empire! Mm. Less is lie! My man! Juicy! It's Jesse. Oh, whatever, boy! 150 days! We all, it's jokes, baby. I met, I met Juice. Oh my God. I met Jesse. Cool dude. Very nice guy. And the two, Man, he don't want to hear that shit, guess, Godfrey. And guess what? After you done said that. And guess what? The two Nigerian dudes I know. Oh no. My God. I know both of them. You from know From Chicago. I hung out with them. We went to a Nigerian <laughs> festival. I hung out with them. <laughs> you are lying. The next time, I swear to God. And see what I, <laughs> you went to a Nigerian a festival? A Nigerian festival. Oh. Because I met them. They were working at this. There's this arcade <laughs> It's like an arcade. It's called Emporium in Chicago on the north side. It's an arcade bar. You know how they're bringing out these new old arcade games with the bar? We were there, and they were the bouncer dudes there, brothers. Mm-hmm. And I hung out with them. Okay. And then the next day, we went to a Nigerian festival in Chicago. Hell yeah. We was eating suya. You could ask them. Yeah. I don't know. Are they in jail? Are they, what's no, going? they're I fine. Know. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I, I know those dudes. Because when they showed them, I go, I, I fucking hung out with those. I'm not even lying to you. No yeah. sauna or nothing? or What did you say? You guys went to the sauna or anything? No, like hell no, nah, okay. man. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> the sauna. I mean, they're trainers. Hey, they I don't training. go to saunas, man. No, fuck all that. Every time you go to sauna, the dude's just dick open like, hey, what's up? How you done? <laughs> Wrong room. Shit. No, because they, you know, the old white dudes, they always got their balls out. The sauna's like, oh, man. Looks just like the statues. Them little uh, Greek statues. <laughs> That's what happens in the male sauna. Man, they be they yes, don't give all the time. Yeah. Oh, the sauna in the gym. Clothes, man. Yeah. Man. Like, we have our towels around ourselves. Just like this in the sauna, like shit. Fuck that. Leather jacket. Leather jacket, like <laughs> And they come in just balls out oh. like this. Oh God, I love this sauna here. You gotta, you gotta come back, man. Dude, yeah. I do want to ask you though. What, What's up? Who's your Mount Rushmore of comedy? Here, I knew, I knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. I right? think I knew it. Okay, let me. My yeah. and everybody's Mount Rushmore is whatever they want it to be. Mm-hmm. My Mount Rushmore. I should be Cosby. You know I'm in that Cosby documentary. Yes, we I know. Heard about this. We need- We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. 
So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. To talk about Cosby. I am in it, boy. Who all in it? Because I worked for Cosby. It was one of my first jobs. What, the Cosby Show? Yeah, the second one, the CBS one with Dougie Doug. So I was an audience coordinator for that. I lived in Queens, you know, uh, Carpenter Story Studios, and I did it for like six months. I was around Cosby. Never saw any crazy shit. You know, yeah. what I mean? he was cool. But you heard things. Did you hear? I, things? I, I, I would hear things. Definitely heard things. I would hear stuff. That's when his son was murdered. I was there. 
I was around. Oh, I forgot. I was around. Edis. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah, damn. And so I was. Um, yeah, so I was. Uh, so were you surprised when any of these? Because I I was hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, and I would hear it. I go really, and then I wasn't. I my thing is it it was a battle because it's like whenever he wanted to buy a stu a a a a, a, a channel a network stuff came up. The last time, the first that time was he real. Wanted, the first time he wanted to buy it, they had the illegitimate daughter shit mm -hmm. came out. When he wanted to buy a network, they had the, there's some girl said, "You're my dad" or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when he wanted to buy it again, some shit came up. I and and people say, "Well, they're trying to destroy a legacy." But then I would hear, I I would I knew people who kind of it happened to them and they never reported them. And right. I was like, shit. You know That's what how I, mean? I say. My mom knew somebody that never reported it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I knew people that literally got, you know, got mm -hmm. handled and shit. And he, they were like, I never reported it because I got out, whatever. So I wasn't that surprised, but it was it was disappointing because you he's a, he is an icon comedically. What he's done for television, he literally was the first black a person to be on a, na a national TV show, I Spy in the '60s yeah, with yeah, Robert yeah. Culp. Then he. You know, he had a Cosby show before the regular Cosby show. He was a gym teacher in the seventies. He had a Cos that. he had a Cosby show. He was a he was a gym teacher. I'm I'm I when I tell you I'm a nerd about this shit. He had a reg a Cosby show in the seventies. Then he had animation, Fat Albert. I remember that. Then he 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 did Texas Instruments as far as advertising, Texas Instruments, the, the calculators, calculators, and, all that, yeah. and of course he had Jello pudding. Mm -hmm. Then he was in a show called The Electric Company, Electric yeah, Company with Morgan show. Freeman and Rita Moreno. It was like a children's show yeah. mm -hmm. right after Sesame Street. So he was always in education, picture pages. He literally changed the eras for African-Americans, 60s, 70s. He was the first one to be on national TV doing stand-up on the Jack Parr show and Ed Sullivan. Wow. And he influenced Richard Pryor. He Richard Pryor was watched him on the Ed Sullivan said, Richard was like, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like Cosby. So Richard Pryor copied Cosby for a while until Richard was like, God damn, fuck this motherfucking shit. <laughs> how much of how much of Bill's self righteousness do you think, you know, led to his demise? That's another thing too. When Bill was like dogging everybody, mm -hmm. which was fucked up. He had fights with DL had a fight with him. Mm -hmm. He well Jamie Foxx mm -hmm. did. Eddie Murphy was the first to go, you know, Bill Cosby called me saying, Why are you always cursing and da 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 you know, and it was his self righteous shit that made it even worse. Cause pull it's like, your pants up. Pull your pants yeah. up. But, but but I'm like, but Cosby, you were helped yourself too. There was a man man by the name of Sheldon Leonard. Sheldon Leonard was an actor producer, and he produced I think Dick Van Dyke show. He actually helped Bill Cosby and fought for Bill Cosby to be on I Spy in the '60s. So Cosby, wow. you were helped too. Right. You know, what I mean, for I, I don't I don't like when people that that get money they act like nobody helped them. Like, motherfucker, you were helped by somebody. Mm -hmm. I don't give a damn if it was the donut man that gave you free food when you were hungry. Absolutely. Someone helped you to move to the next step. You know what I mean? You can't forget. So, as far as my Mount Rushmore. He's on your Mount Rushmore is what you're saying. I, I, you're saying all say that he's in the back of the mountain right now. He's just in the back. <laughs> he's, he's in the back. He's in the back. He's, he's in the back. Like, <laughs> I got Pryor. I got Pryor. I got Carlin. I got um, mm -hmm. I got Paul Mooney. I can't remember. I I watch Paul all the time. You know we got a Breakfast Club interview. We never put out with Paul Mooney. What? Why don't you do it? I I feel like what? and I, I've been to a lot of Mooney shows, seeing people walk out and love Paul Mooney, love his legacy. Walk at it. Your <laughs> favorite place, Caroline. It was something about that morning. <laughs> it just he was on something else. Yeah. And I just was like, I don't want people to see Paul really? like that. Yeah. Uh, was he was he when he was getting a little? No, like, it was like. Ten years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I um Paul I love Paul. Um 
I'm a Red Fox, and um, hold on, that's one. You can only be four. He said, I thought it was five. Mount Rushmore was four. Oh, I thought. Oh, because everyone always says you're top five. So those are the guys. Those and then are the you guys. put okay. Bill Cosby in the back. I just put him in the back. He was in the back. He was in the front, and then when the thing, I had to, had to go through the back. And... So it's so Pryor, sort of like Carlin. The, remember his, remember this? <laughs> Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Pryor Carlin. Pryor Carlin. Um, Mooney Fox. Red Fox. Mooney Fox. Okay. Red Fox. Those are those are. That's for me. That's Did you know what's so interesting about that? All of those guys, if people wanted to, could dig up something. Oh yeah! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh yeah! Don't even take much digging. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Take much digging. That's what I'm saying. But back in that back in the day, that time it was it was they did a lot of shit. Yeah, but we don't we don't discuss Overton windows enough. Right. Now certain things were acceptable at one point in society, but then yeah, things aren't anymore. Yeah, you look at shit from maybe. 15, 20 years ago, you go, God, damn. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, damn, you wouldn't be able to say that shit. And like what? a lot of things I feel like, thank God, is not acceptable anymore. No, there's, yeah, of course. A lot of stuff is shouldn't be acceptable, but I think we should be able to laugh at ourselves. Yes. I think we need a better dialogue. Well, I saw some of you guys, when you're talking about the LGBT, all that stuff that you guys were doing, I think that needs to be, we need to be uh, better in dialogue with that. We should be able to laugh at ourselves. That's real shit. Like I remember you said that's why you got fired from Sirius. Oh, she's <laughs> so good. What happened? <laughs> Just like this. Yeah, Godfrey, remember the time? She's like a little kid. But tell him about the time you got fired when you was doing that homophobic shit. Tell him that. <laughs> Damn. You brought like, it up. <laughs> you don't have to talk about no, it. No, hang on. I'm, I'm going to. Okay. Listen, <laughs> they hired me at, at Sirius XM. I was doing like, um, you know, the show, Karen Hunter's show. You know, I was doing her show and shit, you know, and I was just doing little excerpts. When I, and then they were like, oh, listen, we want to offer you a show. Uh, have you ever done radio? I go, not really. I do my friends' radio shows, but not really, you know. And uh, so they were, I said, you know, they, we want to give you a show. I said, you sure? I said, I talk shit. I talk shit. I talk shit. You know, I don't go way out the box, but I talk shit. That's what I do. And they were like, no, we want to change up the station, you know. I said, you sure? And it was a conservative black stage. I say, are you sure? Because I go in. <laughs> no. Just one more time. Are you sure? <laughs> I, I kept I kept saying it. And then I said, all right. So I got like an hour. Got an hour. Shit was kicking ass. I was kicking ass. I even interviewed like Jermaine Dupree. I had method on my shit. I had all different types of people. And then people were like, the audience was like, because I, I shook up the radio station because they were used to conservative. And I came on there like, yo, what up, bitches? Mm -hmm. ah! Just on purpose. <laughs> and I had, you know, there was a lot of older people listening. And and then I started really connecting to the tr the black truck drivers that I recognized out of the blue. I was making fun. I was like, hey, all the black truck drivers out there, if you're out there. They, and black truck was like, yo, nobody ever recognized they us before. Yeah. They were like, man, nobody ever talks about us. And you're the first. I said, Really? So I had that. So my show, people were like, he needs more time. So I got two hours. They gave me two hours within 10 months, a two-hour show. I was prime time. So I was kicking ass. And it was called the Godfrey Complex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so from there, you know, I imitate people. That's what I did. I made fun of people. That's what I did. So I went to D.C., to the Sirius XM and D.C. They got the real nice, you know Joe Madison? Yeah. Madison, yeah. I went on his show. Joe was like, I love what you do, brother. I love how how edgy you push it. You push the envelope. Then I went on Laura Coates' show, right? And when I was waiting in the lobby to go on her show, and this truck driver, and there was this dude at the desk, right? He was real flamboyant. He was flamboyant. And, 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 and he's just, you could tell. 
because he had makeup on, but he was a guy, but he had makeup, whatever. And so this truck driver comes in and sees me walk into the lobby, and the truck driver's like, yo, man, I'm a big fan of the show. I'm a truck driver, man. You mind if I get a, a picture? I say, of course. So it's, remember, there's nobody in the in the thing. And so the guy, and the guy was rude as shit at the desk. He goes, um, no pictures, no pictures. That's how he said it. He's like, no pictures. I was like, all right, but why are you so rude? Damn, dude. He's like, uh-uh, it doesn't matter. No pictures. He's literally like Sinead. It was literally like that. <laughs> it literally, it was so ridiculous. I said, all right. And the truck driver was like, he was pissed off. And I said, hey, man, we can't take, you know, and I got to go upstairs and whatever. And so when I went on Lord Coates' show, I, 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 made, I was making fun of him. Not because he was gay. Just I was just making fun it, of him yeah. while he sounded. And I go, yeah. And Laura's like, yo, why do you, why do you, why are you so like, why are you, you feel, you seem like you're a little disturbed. I said, yeah, the dude downstairs was rude as shit, you know? And he, and he, she was like, well, what did he do? I said, yeah, I was trying to get a picture with this truck driver. And you know, cause truck drivers are, they subscribe to the show. And he was like, now Pexa, now Pexa, you know? And I said, you know, what we should have done was grab him by his braids and drag his ass out like he kicked that other guy out. <gasps> Hate crime. Hate crime. <laughs> That's and I talk about kicking Trump in the chest. Yeah, yeah. I talked yeah, about yeah, all yeah, guys. Yeah, Trump yeah. needs to get slapped. And they said they fired me from that. But I think it was What's other crazy things. is that's equality. You spoke about it. Like he was just a regular person. That, he wasn't thank even thinking, you. You wasn't thinking about him being thank gay. Thank you. Like, that's how you would have responded that, to anybody, anybody who was rude to you in that moment. But sometimes when people go that when they say like when some of my friends will say homophobia, I go, that's not homophobia, bro. That's not. I'm not a fr homophobia. Phobia is like, ah! yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a phobia. Yeah, yeah. Ah! yeah. When I get around gay people, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're looking at my ass. No, <laughs> I, I don't do that. I, I, if I disagree with my gay friend, I go, I'm just disagreeing with you, yeah. dude. There's no phobia. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. One of my one of the guy that I travel with the most is a comedian named Akeem Woods. I told you he came out to call. Don't say it. Yeah. Don't say it. Don't say it. He comes. No. So now they gonna say. Oh. No, I'm not going to be like, Chevelle goes. Your best, friend is, your best friend is gay. I'm not transphobic. Okay. My best friend. I'm not transphobic. I told you, man, I'm not. I have a gay friend. I put him on my shows all the time. Not, listen, I'm not. Yeah. I'm like, no, but he's he's a black dude, gay dude. He's just a comic, man. Yeah, 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 and he's yeah. a good dude. And, I, and, and, and it's like, I'm not. It's just that we should be able to disagree with somebody. If and you should be able to bust his balls. But your character, if you pause, if your yeah, character. I don't know why he said that. <laughs> you know what I mean, man. <laughs> Yo, his face, he was like, he was like, you should be able to bust his balls. Uh -oh. yeah. <laughs> and he should be able to bust yeah. you. You handle it however God you want to handle it. That's how Charlamagne handles it. <laughs> Where's that plastic booty you got here? Oh, we threw it away. You threw it away. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I'm saying I should be able to talk to you like a reg. I even do that on stage. I go, yo, the gay community, you know, I'm your ally, yo. You my peoples, but you should be able to laugh at yourself. That's right. right. Don't now you can't be choose to sp uh, play special interest. This is comedy. We should be able to joke about ourselves in a loving way, not in a. Because man, you know how many of my gay friends dog out women and look at they go, have you seen the vagina? Ew, it's gross. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Gross, gross, gross. But I don't think you hate women. But we should be able to joke about that, like in a good way, and just because you know what I mean. That's the that's kind why of I love flame. Flame. Do you, I don't care what flame identify as. He's just funny. Flame is like I'm, I'm a he funny. she we. Yeah. Flame said I'm a he she we, and that's he right. goes I'm a man. Sometimes you want me to be that. That's right. I've been, and that's why. And they hate him. They're mad when flame is getting hated against. 
What are you supposed to do? Because he's old. Remember, I knew Flame when Flame first started. We were all amateurs. So I was around Flame. This is 95. I was around Flame. So Flame always told me, he's like, God, you always treated me like a regular person, man. I said, yeah, I didn't care. I grew up on the north side of Chicago, Boys Town. I grew up, I don't understand it, but that's you. I'm not going to hate you because yeah, it's yeah, your yeah, business, yeah. man. Yeah. You want titties? Yeah, you got titties. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah, fucking yeah. have a dick on your forehead. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you, you a friend. You might have to discuss the dick Whoa, on the forehead. Yeah, I don't that's know a, you, no, I'm saying if you want to. That's your friend. Yeah. You should. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. walked in the room with a dick on their forehead. Come on, we got to talk about it. Oh, yeah, but it's New York. <laughs> That's true. It's New York. Both be like, hey, you gotta do that for it. You just Godfrey's gotta go around. <laughs> <laughs> just so I'm gonna find you, Godfrey. Yo, t- <laughs> when are you showing this? When huh? is this showing? This Tomorrow. Sometime. Tomorrow? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, guess what? Then check it out. I'll be in um, Dallas, Texas, Addison Improv. Addison Improv, you know what I'm saying? And also... March 18th to the 18th 20th. 18th through the 20th. <laughs> and then uh, Virginia Beach, Funny Bone, March 25th to the 27th. And then I'm going to be doing the 18th season of Wildin' Out with Nick Cannon in, in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to be consulting on it too, so I'll be hanging out with Nick's crew Dope. in Atlanta for like two weeks and all the... And then follow me on Instagram, mm-hmm. Comedian Godfrey, if they don't stop blocking all the black creators like they keep fucking doing all the time for some reason. All the black creators are always blocked. That's a fact. Like all my weapons are, are you blocked? No. Us, we're like, damn, they blocked me again. They blocked me from my life again. I wonder why they keep doing that, especially the live. I don't know. They blocked me a lot, and I'm like, I didn't even say anything. I'm mm-hmm. going against, I'm not going against community rules. But yeah, but Instagram is Comedian Godfrey, you guys, and my podcast is in Godfrey We Trust on the Gas Digital Network, all right? Tuesdays and Fridays, 10 p.m. Eastern, yes. That's our guy, Godfrey the Comedian. Thank I you for coming, thank you brother. For, I finally made it. Absolutely. I finally made it before you get canceled. <laughs> we so How happy long we that? popped your cherry. Hour and a half. See? So you made hour and a half. I made an hour and a half. You yeah. almost beat Dick Gregory's record. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Gregory's the longest Breakfast Club interview ever. There are aliens, nigga. <laughs> you never seen aliens? Nigga, I'm tired of explaining this shit. <laughs> aliens. Aliens have been running shit. God, we're the comedian. It's the Breakfast Club. Peace. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-course, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself. 
learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.